Myself Chakras, episode 88. Sometimes you think what you do is just a little thing, but God knows it takes little things. That's why he plants seeds. He doesn't just plunk down trees. He puts down seeds. He knows all comes from little things. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's going on Action Takers, AJ here and we are back once again for another episode that is sure to uplift, inspire and change your life. Action Takers, today is a special day because we are just 12 episodes away from reaching the golden 100 number 100. Just imagine 100 thought leaders, 100 new ways of approaching a challenge, 100 stories of finding your life's purpose, 100 ways of not giving up and none of this would have been possible without you. Action Tribe, because of your dedication to finding new ways to overcome the challenges in your life no matter what and in the process helping others awaken to the truth as well so in the process of me wanting to help you you encourage me you really inspire me to reach out to thought leaders and create new and exciting episodes now in order to ensure that i'm helping you overcome your challenges in every way possible i have one request i need your feedback i need to know more about you your passions and your challenges because with that information i can hit the bullseye and get Get you up and running toward your human revolution ASAP. Sound like a plan? All I'm asking is one question. What is your single biggest frustration or passion when it comes to alternative healing? To take part, visit our website, my7chakras.com slash survey. That's my S-E-V-E-N-C-H-A-K-R-A-S.com slash survey. My request, take a few minutes to fill in the survey and write your heart out. There's no limit to how much you can share. And with this info, I will provide you just the information that you need to heal and transform too. So help me help you and let's change this world. And action takers, please help me welcome today's epic guest, Adiz Boucher. So Adiz, are you ready to inspire? Yep, I am. (laughs) Awesome. So Adiz Boucher, the new money mama, is a money breakthrough mentor for women and a few wise men who are ready to invite prosperity prosperity into their lives. She guides clients in identifying their God-given gifts and creating wealth using their experiences. So these I've given our listeners a short intro, but take about a minute and help us get to know you better. Great. Thanks so much, AJ. So I was an immigrant to the United States when I was seven years old and our family came here and we quickly fell below the poverty line because we used up all our resources, not understanding the system here. But fortunately, I had a father who knew that the fortune first created in the mind. And he set the example for me and taught me how to rewire our thoughts, our habits, and our brain so that we can attract all of the resources to fulfill our God-given missions. And so that's what I help entrepreneurs do and aspiring entrepreneurs who have an awesome idea, they have passion, but they need clarity and they need tools to overcome their sabotage. Well, thanks a lot for that wonderful intro. Adiz, before moving on, we need some food for thought. And the way we do that on our show, every show is in the form of an inspiration quote. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. So what is your favorite inspirational quote and give us an 
example of how you apply this quote to your life. Okay, so I have many favorites, as uh, your listeners probably do too. But I'll tell you that one that caught me off guard was one of my audience members wrote down. They caught me saying this, and it was, sometimes you think what you do is just a little thing, but God knows it takes little things. That's why he plants seeds. He doesn't just plunk down trees. He puts down seeds. He knows all comes from little things. And the way that I apply this into my life, obviously, if I'm the one that they quoted, is that I know that we have big ideas, we have big dreams, right? And I get big ideas and big programs to help my clients and to help customers. And I don't know how it's all going to work out. But I know that just the thought, the seed of that, if I can plant that seed and bring in the support team to nurture that seed, it will turn into something huge. Most big problems don't need big solutions, they need little solutions that are nurtured. And that's how I apply it in my own business. And actually, even in my personal life, that's really powerful. Sometimes those little things at little action, that little thought, that little effort over and over again with discipline can really change your life. And as you mentioned, if we learn how to place one brick every day, but place it in the best way that we can possibly do over a period of one year, five years or 10 years from now, you'll have a beautiful mansion right in front of you and you won't believe it. The people around you won't believe it, but that's what will form. So thanks a lot for sharing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So What inspired you to start your website, newmoneymama.com? I've been a business owner for about 20 years. And the way that New Money Mama was born was that I used to be a financial counselor for, he's a well-known financial speaker in the United States. His name's Dave Ramsey. He has a national radio stations. So I used to be a financial counselor in his program. And I used to teach, it was men and women. They would come into my classes. I would help them pay down all their debt, create savings. They felt really good about it, right? But I found that initially I found that the women responded to money differently than the men. The women, when they felt like their family needed more money, they would nudge their husbands. They would elbow them and say, hey, you need to ask for a raise or you need to make more money. And so I was looking at these women and I said, wait a minute, hun, if you're the one who got that prompting, then it's for you to do something about that. I found out that I, over time in my classes, I started teaching more mindset principles, more, um, you know, learning how to tap into their gifts and their talents so that they could actually be paid for things they enjoyed. That work doesn't have to be drudgery. And so as I found myself spending more and more time teaching that in the classes and and the students were responding to that much more excitedly, I realized I needed to stop my role as a financial counselor and start my own company to teach the mindset principles that goes in attracting and creating new money. Because here's the thing, I've watched people become completely debt free and I've watched them generate high income, but they have low levels of satisfaction. They have like this little fear looking over their shoulders always feeling like there's not enough, they're not doing enough, they need to create more. And that type of fear alone will cap the amount of money we attract and how long we keep it in our lives. So that's how New Money Mama was born. Eventually, I had a huge following of women. And then I found that some of the men were also resonating with that message as well. And so now it's it's focusing on those who feel inspired. And they they're committed, they're committed to living a life of passion that they can serve others and enjoy doing it and also be paid handsomely for it. 
Mm-hmm. So what stood out for me was that you used to be a financial counselor and you used to help both men and women, but you noticed something very different. You noticed that the women used to approach debt in a different way and they were making many efforts, but they were making these efforts in a way that was more indirect by through their husbands, right? Yes. And you noticed this to help these women become independent and really take charge of their lives. Now, my question really is, you know, you are a money breakthrough mentor and you help people invite prosperity into their lives. Is there a connection really between in our thoughts and financial abundance? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Everything is energy, right? And the energy is in a rock, it's in a um, plant, it's in a human being, and it just shows up differently. I have watched people in my personal life and in my professional life facing the same challenge or a same possibility, and they both approach it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll give you an example. So I have this colleague who's just recently started into a franchise. She bought a food truck which is very popular right now here in in the United States. And so she had a friend, a male friend, who also decided he wanted to make money too. And so he bought into the same franchise. Well, it turns out that they both approached it with different motivations and different thoughts. She approached it as a big adventure and that she was excited to explore how she could learn business, how she could serve people in the community, how creative she could be. And then her friend approached it with like, well, let's see if this is going to make me any money. Mm -hmm. And that was his entire focus, right? Well, it turned out that within a very short amount of time, he lost a lot of money. He had no fun. He became very cynical. And then she actually has been having so much success that she became overwhelmed with like, oh my goodness, I need to hire more people. We need to buy more trucks because they were actually experiencing a different result. And it's all in how she approached it. She approached it with an abundant mindset, which was, wow, there's potential here. What else can come out of it? Where her friend had Uh, approached it with a scarcity mindset, which is saying, well, we'll see what it can do for me. Absolutely. So you spoke about two clearly different focuses. One was to serve, to make a difference, to help the community and to really have an adventure. And other approach was an experiment. That's right. right? Let's see if this works or if it doesn't work and sort of having that uh, exit strategy if this doesn't work, which in one sense does seem logical. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like you mentioned, you're not completely emotionally vested in that venture. right? So before you even started it, you're thinking, what if it doesn't work out? Well, here's the thing. Uh, sure, it was logical, right? It's all about math and so forth. But no matter how sophisticated a human race we think we're becoming, our brains still, at the end of the day, at the end of searching for data, will make a decision based on emotion. Mm-hmm. And so it's very important that you have your emotional brain engaged. And here's another reason why. It's because business, whether you love it or not, has its challenges right? Have you found that? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, with my friends and family and relatives, that's one thing I recommend is going to, into a business that you're really passionate about. Because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. after a few months, if you don't see any results, if no one's listening to your show, no one's paying attention to your information, your passion is the only thing that will keep you going during those nights, during those days when you have to work and see no results, that passion is going to help you until people see your passion, people see your story Mm -hmm. because people don't buy your products or services. They buy you and they buy your story, right? (laughs) When we first came to the US, I mentioned that Mm -hmm. we were living below the poverty line, right? As we were adjusting to a new country and new rules. And one of the things, it took a couple of years and my dad finally realized like, oh my goodness, I have to start my own business, right? Because he was having three or four jobs at a time. And my mom was working a graveyard shift. And so I finally decided, you know, the only way I'm going to get out of this mess is if I create my own business. And so he went into 
into a direct sales business and um, which involved doing a lot of presentations in front of people. Now, my dad has a very heavy Colombian accent. And even sometimes I have a hard time understanding him when he gets really excited. But often I saw him get in front of these groups of strangers in which he was doing presentations and he'd be up there explaining how a product worked and how a business worked and all that stuff. Really excited, really loud, really, you know, animated. And at the end of his presentation, it was not rare for people to say, wow, I have no clue what that guy just said, but I want to do what he's doing. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> now, uh, there's obviously some challenge yes. in general with people approaching a new venture or a new business or a new life, a new job in general. But before going to the solution, let's talk a little bit more about the challenges. What are some of the mistakes that people make unknowingly that might be acting as a roadblock towards their path to financial abundance? There's a few that I see, but the first one that comes to my mind when I see um, especially healers going into business is they make the mistake of thinking that their service is for everyone. And so when they do their marketing, they speak in a very general way. And so when you in marketing, because we're bombarded with so many emails and so many Facebook invites and so many, you know, advertising, when we speak mm -hmm. in too general a term, nobody listens. It's almost like if you just said, yelled into a room. In fact, here in the United States, we have a thing when we have an emergency, we have a phone number we could call. It's called 911, and it calls the emergency people right away. So we have been taught that when somebody says, oh, someone call 911, people get paralyzed, and they think somebody else is doing it. And so they don't do it, and it turns out nobody called 911. They Nobody called the authorities. But what we have been taught is more effective is if you come into an emergency, you point to one specific person and say, you call 911. And then that person goes, oh, that's my job. So it's the same thing in marketing. If you say, well, this healing and this uh, project or this product is perfect for men, for women, children, grandmas, dogs, cats, you know, your neighbor, then nobody really feels invested in it. But if you say this product is for stay-at-home moms who wear yoga pants while they take their kids to school, moms who resonate go, oh, well, that's me. What is this product that's exactly for me who's a stay-at-home mom and I take my kids to school in yoga pants? Or other people might say, hey, I know somebody who that is for. And so they it catches their attention. It creates curiosity. And then as they look at the product, some of the people may say, oh, hey, that's, this is good for me too. So you've got to use specific wording when you go into business. You've got to know exactly who is your target. And as you are aiming towards that target, you'll naturally attract people who are just outside of that target market. And I'll tell you, the more specific that entrepreneurs speak to their market and use specific specific words that they're longing to hear, the higher uh, price you can command because you're now speaking to their pain points and to their goal points. And people are more willing to pay more for something that they feel is specific for them. So light workers and healers and people listening to the show who want to get into entrepreneurship, remember that when you sell to everybody, you sell to nobody. Mm -hmm. and same thing with marketing, same thing with public speaking. Just imagine somebody's on the stage speaking to the audience, right? The person looks at you and says, are you tired? Are you feeling stressed out? You feel it within you, right? As opposed to if the public speaker says, is everyone feeling tired over here? You don't really feel that connection as opposed to when somebody looks at you and says, are you feeling tired? Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot about that personalized, customized attention that you love. When people have 
done that research to find out what are your likes, what are your dislikes, what book you like to read, what shows you like to watch. You feel that that person is talking straight to you. And that's what all of us want and all of us deserve. And when that, as you mentioned, when that person gets that individual attention, knowing that that person has received a good service, people look at the person and feel attracted to towards a product, service, and the person. So I love what you shared and especially targeting the people who want to get into entrepreneurship, maybe healers and light workers, but they might feel that challenge. Mm-hmm. So that's specifically towards business, AJ. And would you like to talk more in regards down the line of business or do you want to talk more in the thought process that light workers and energy healers go through as far as sabotage? Either way is fine. I mean, if you'd like to lead this on more into thought works, that's wonderful. Awesome. So before I go on to that, I just wanted to do as I have a thought that may come up with some of your listeners. I know that especially with energy healers, I've done a lot of work with energy healers to um, help them monetize their gifts so that they can actually continue to do it longer. Sometimes what we hear from healers is like, yeah, but I, I want to help everyone. I feel horrible turning anybody back. Right. Mm-hmm. So that healer I recommend for them is that they create something I call a product funnel because there's sometimes this fear. Well, if I start charging for my services, then somebody who can't afford me is going to be denied help. Or if I charge, they're going to say, well, I can't afford that. And I just, I I know that I'm supposed to be helping people with this gift. But what I show my clients is to create a product funnel that allows them to serve people at different levels of commitment and different financial abilities without spreading yourself thin. Because we all know that light workers and energy healers, they, they get depleted if they do so much work and give, give, give without setting boundaries around them, right? And so, for example, I create a funnel where I give something for free so that first off, I can find out if the market thinks I'm a good match for them. They kind of get a taste of who I am and how I work. And Mm -hmm. so an energy healer could create some sort of freemium. That means that it's free product that's worth something. It's not junk, right? We don't call it frunk. We call it freemium, like a free premium. And so it could be an audio recording, a video series, an ebook, a special report, but something that you make available for everyone. So someone who has nothing can still receive something of value that helps them start their journey of healing. Now, from there, you can create what I call it's an intro product. And it's usually a low cost product that your market and the price varies per market. But it's a low intro product that allows them to invest them in themselves financially at a small amount because that sends a message to their brain. Oh, we are serious about finding a solution and we trust this person with our money. So when you swipe in that credit card or when you type it in into a website, that's actually sending a message to your customer's brain of brand loyalty that they trust this person with a solution in whatever field it is that you offer. Now, this intro product involves a little bit of work from the energy healer to create, but it doesn't involve them one-on-one. And so it allows you to serve, you know, 30, 100, 300, 1,000 people at a time who are ready to learn some basic first steps. Every single energy healer has these basic questions that all of their clients tend to ask or some prep work that they wish their clients would do before they came and saw them. And so that can be created in an intro product that allows them to continue on their path of healing. Now, after that, you can create, it's either a group program or your one-on-one 
one-on-one service. It depends on the what service you offer. But now you are starting to use your energy where it is more face-to-face with people, uh, whether it's by group or individual custom mentoring. But that way you can serve people of different dollar values or different commitment values without wearing yourself thin and using your energy for those who are most committed to their journey. So if you're an energy healer or light worker, someone providing a service and you're listening to this interview and you're wondering, well, I don't want to leave anyone out. um, Consider that there's a tier you can create in your business that allows you to serve people where they are and still keeping yourself healthy in your business so that you can continue to grow. Wonderful. I love that. So basically what you're doing with the product funnel is that you're providing value to everyone, but at different levels depending on what stage they are at in their journey so thanks a lot for sharing now I also noticed that you help people use tools that utilize the left brain and the right brain. And I noticed that one of the tools is a vision board. So talk to us about the power of creating a vision board. Okay, you've been spying on me. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So um, here's the thing that I know about the brain. When you and I were little babies, we learned how to walk, talk, listen, taste things, ask for help. And we learned all this using different parts of our brain and different sensors in our bodies. We used our sight. We used our ability to feel things. We used our hearing Mm -hmm. to help us balance and to know where to go. See, now, once we start walking and talking, when we become teenagers and adults, we kind of take those sensors for granted. And the thing is that they're still active because they're still of use for us to continue to use as a pathway to learning. So, for example, it's so much easier for me to learn something if I see it and I'm doing it. But it's also helpful if somebody's telling me how to do it. So I have to be able to hear them. Now, the fastest way to create new pathways in our brain. So let's say you have a goal. Let's say someone listening on your show has a $5,000 a month goal and they've never made $5,000 a month. That means that the brain doesn't have a road that knows how to get there right? So we have to construct a new road in the brain. And the way that we construct a new road is sometimes we think, oh, I'll just read a manual Mm -hmm. and that will tell me how. Well, no, our senses provide data to our brain on how to construct that road. It tells us how quickly to build it and how wide to build it. So one of the ways that I help clients to develop new results in their life is by using a vision board. The vision board is using the visual part of your brain. It uses visual queuing. And so it allows you, well, especially the way that I do vision boards is different than most people do vision boards. Um, It allows you to meditate on what goes on a vision board and to pick the things that your brain and your God knows works best for you, what will be best to lay down first. And then through uh, repetitive cueing, that means each day you're focusing on the vision board two to three minutes and you're speaking to it in a certain fashion that it allows your brain to build a visual evidence of what you want. Now, past the vision board, I also have tools. It's kind of an audio version of a vision board. So then you're combining the vision and audio together, but then you're also combining your hands and creating these tools. And so then um, I also have tools in that you fortify what it is that you're creating through taste, through smell, through conversation. And so now you have five senses working with you on the same goal. And that sends the message quicker because there's alignment. Okay, so in the healing world, we talk about you got to align with what you want, right? And so we think it's just about focus. But Mm -hmm. if you can align all of your senses to the one thing, it carries that intention quicker and it does create 
quicker results. I probably went a little bit off the topic there, but the reason we use a vision board is because that's the beginning to engaging all of our senses to help our bodies move and act in a different way that invites the goal that we want. Mm -hmm. Now, it's clear from what you shared that you have a different take or you have a different method of really creating a vision board. And I love that you spoke about the period after creating the vision board because we get all excited. We group in our masterminds or people that we know, like and trust. We create the vision board, but creating a vision board is one thing, but really using it, interacting with it and evaluating your progress, right? As you find your goals or you achieve your goals, that's an entire different ball game. How does one go about interacting with the vision board once it's created? Well, one of the things I consider when people first build the vision board is the gestation period of things, right? And so even before the interaction comes into play, we're considering the gestation periods of the things you have on your board. We're considering what parts of your life it's covering. Mm -hmm. So I build it after the Chinese bagua, which is a feng shui placement of things. It's just so your brain can access different parts. Your brain is looking at, well, even the way I arrange the board is your brain is looking at different parts of the board and it's triggering different parts of the brain as you look at it in a certain way. So one of the ways they engage with it afterwards is they stand a certain distance from it as I show them in the guide and their eyes will be looking to the up left, up right, up bottom left, bottom right, bottom center, top center, and even straight forward. And then of course, left and right. And as they're moving their eyes in these different directions, it's accessing different parts of the brain. So it's lighting up different parts of the brain, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're also engaging with it to call into what I call pre-enactment. So most of us have heard of the term reenactment. That is, uh, maybe you've seen it on a police show or or an investigative show where they try to reenact what they think happened Mm -hmm. and they repeat it over and over to see if they can figure out the mystery, right? So pre-enactment is when you and I set up what we think will happen and we enact it over and over to so your, our brains find a way to make that mystery happen, to make that thing happen. So how it would look is I'm standing in front of my board and let's say I want a fluffy yellow baby chicken mm-hmm. <laughs> as a gift, you know, let's say I want that as a pet. And so I have a picture of this yellow, fluffy yellow chicken on my vision board. And I imagine what that baby chick looks like. And then I even move my hands to look like I'm holding this baby chick. And then I imagine what that baby chick feels like, right? Oh, it's fluffy. Oh, awesome. Oh, it's warm. I can feel it in my hand. Oh, and I'm going to name it Pete. Pete the chick, you know? And so I'm also listening. What's the sound? Is it cheep, 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 cheep? Or is it chop, 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 chop? What is it? You know, so I'm imagining this thing. I'm enacting it like it's already here. But the best thing is to use as many of your senses as possible. Now, someone may say, well, okay, well, the chick's not there. I'm not going to be able to feel it. Well, you and I, we can remember how a certain food tastes and our mouths start to water even though it's not there. Right. So when you think about your favorite food, your mouth starts to salivate and you start to like, oh, your stomach starts to call for it. Well, you are the master of your brain. So you tell the brain and says, this baby chick's here. How does it feel? Now, when you only have to do uh, this pre-enactment for just like two minutes a day, you really do. And once you are finished, of course, your mind's going to say this. So, well, here's another gift of a vision board. Your mind will either say, wow, that's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Or it will say, Ugh, but see, it's not here, so it doesn't work, right? So that's one of the gifts that a vision board creates is that it puts your goals right in front of you, and then it makes obvious for you, what is that lingering belief I have? So if you find yourself at the end of this interaction going, well, I don't know if that's really going to happen, 
happen. Then that spots for you a limiting belief that needs to be addressed, right? And so I have tools that I teach my clients to address those limiting doubts. Because as long as that doubt, now that has come to the surface, you know, as a result of interacting with your vision board, um, now that you know it's there, you can do something about it. But if you don't, it's going to still be running the part of your brain that says, well, let's not even try going to the pet shop or try to save the money for it because we don't even really know if it's going to happen. So when you interact with your vision board, you're calling in all your senses. And then when you're done, you're listening to the chatter that rises up in your mind. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for that. Now, Adiz, you teach people how to attract abundance and attain financial prosperity. But I'm sure you agree that staying healthy and energetic are key habits of any successful person, right? So based on your experience, do you have a health tip that we can act on immediately? Yes. The health tip is to listen to what your body is saying once you're eating a food and you have finished eating that food. So for me, if I eat a food and I find that my throat gets all gummy, right, then I'm like, hmm, my body is creating a barrier to protect me from this food. Mm-hmm. What if I am putting things inside my body that are creating a reaction against it, then I am diverting the energy away from creation because right now I'm, I'm creating defense. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you're doing to your body things that create for it. It augments the energy so that you can continue to create and to invite, not to create defenses. So that's one. And then the second one that I'm really a huge stickler for is to rest. I know we are raised in this culture that says, hey, you got to go out and make it happen. You know, work, work, work. If you really want it, you'll go for it, right? And sometimes we do that at the sacrifice of how our bodies are designed, which is with rest. I will say that if we do not get enough rest, then we are less likely to heed the impressions that you and I receive as we're building our businesses or as we're serving others. Um, We're too tired or we put it off or we question if it was really a divine impression or if it was just a random idea. Sleep, 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 sleep. Make sure you get enough sleep. Nature teaches us there's an ebb and a flow. And so we think we just got to keep flowing, keep flowing, keep flowing, keep working, keep working, keep output, right? But we've got to recognize that there also is an ebb. That means we pull back, we retreat, we meditate, we rest, we sleep. And that actually helps us to rejuvenate our bodies to next time we go to flow or to work, we create better results. Well, thanks a lot for that powerful health tip. We're going to have that in the show notes as well. And with that, we enter the challenge round. Today's quote is a bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. During this round of these, just imagine that you're in front of a large bonfire and all your fellow tribe members are sitting around it waiting to listen to your story. So take us back to a time when you faced a major challenge. How did you approach this challenge? And then finally, how did you overcome it? That's awesome. I love that quote. Abandon the road is not the end of the road. I love that. Well, the goodness, there's been so many challenges as we grow. I would say that one of the biggest challenges were defined if I was going to keep moving forward or not in this business was in the beginning, I actually was experiencing a lot of success in the sense that I was hosting events, training events and conferences, and we had a lot of people showing up. We had people loving what I did. We had people purchasing from me and signing up for mentoring programs. On the surface, it looked awesome, right? But it was at the end of one of my events 
and I got to the end of the day and my assistant is totaling up sales and we're wrapping up and packing up. And I said, I can't do this anymore. I I just want to quit. I don't want Mm -hmm. to. And she said, well, you've had these people who bought your mentoring program. And I'm like, I need like a week or two. I can't do it anymore. I'm so burnt out. I'm so tired. And it was because I was growing, but I didn't have systems in place and I didn't have enough team in place. And so I was doing everything myself, trying to save money. Like I can design the website. I can design marketing. I can set up the room. I can create the product. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, I I was doing all the ordering and I burnt out. And one of my colleagues said, Adiz, how long are you going to do this before you quit where you can't do it anymore? And I said, well, if I make myself, I can make myself last two months, but I don't think I can. Just the thought of working so hard and burning out and working long hours, that's, I can't do it anymore. And the hard part is that this business, I didn't start it because it was just a money-making venture. I started it because I had a vision of what impact I'd create in the world. So quitting that meant like quitting my purpose on earth. So maybe those of you who are listening, you've gotten to points where it's like, why am I doing this in the first place? I'm not getting paid enough or sacrificing time with my family. Uh, Maybe you're wondering if it's even worth it. Are you making a big impact? Maybe you're wondering if you have to sacrifice your health or your relationships to experience the life that you know is created for you, that's waiting for you. And that's where I was. And the fortunate thing for me, like I said um, earlier, I do believe that God is there to support us and to grow us. And um, I was very genuine in my desire to serve. And so I meditated it or I, I would pray. And I know mm-hmm. this is this is a good work. I know you put me on this path. What do I do next? I can't do it this way anymore. And uh, some people would say it was coincidence. Uh, I don't believe in coincidence, coincidences. But um I came across a mentor who taught specifically just how to automate our business, how to hire team members, even if you feel like you don't have the money for it, how to get team members on commission so that you're not paying from a credit card or money that you don't have, you know, how to simplify business. And it was the perfect timing because maybe a month earlier, I wouldn't have been as teachable or coachable. But at that time, I was all ears. And in that experience, in that program, I met other business owners. And I remember the first retreat. We did retreats in this particular training. I'm in this retreat in this big mansion, right? And I'm in the second floor balcony looking over all the people getting their food during a lunch break. And I looked around. I said, oh, I finally found my team. I found my tribe. I feel like home. And the perfect thing about it was that I learned how to take off the mask that I needed to be a perfect business owner. And I learned to say, this is hard. And I feel like quitting. And they would say things like, oh, girl, I wanted to quit last week. And somebody else said, oh, yeah, I'll probably want to quit in three three months. This is normal. But as long as we talk to each other, then it kind of releases that steam, this perfection. You know, there's a quote. Uh, oh, is it? I think it's Danielle Laporte, Laporte or Laporte. And she said, don't let perfection become procrastination. And what happened is I was uh, trying to achieve perfection so much in a low risk way that I was procrastinating getting help, but it was certainly burning me out. So I would say that that moment was where I learned more to yield and to let go and allow people to support me. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson that you would want our listeners to take away from your story? Hmm. From that story, 
is you get to be the master of your life and the business or any endeavor that you're pursuing. It's there to serve you, not for it to drive or to uh, boss you around in your life. So design your life how you want it to be instead of allowing a business tell you what you're supposed to do or become. So how do I simplify that? Um, be authentic, be you, be willing to be vulnerable and let other people see you as you are, not just what you think you're supposed to look like. Just be you. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your story with us. Looking at a challenge from an outsider's perspective by listening to your story allows us to think about how we would approach this situation if we come across something similar in the future. It really depends on us. Do we see the challenge as a roadblock or an opportunity to transform our life? And that brings us to a round during which we listen to a story about finding our life's true calling. And before I ask you to share your story, I want to share a quote about finding your life's calling. And this episode's quote is by John Spalding and has been shared by Nikki, one of our action takers from down under Sydney, Australia. This quote reads, what we love to do, we find time to do. I'm going to repeat that. It says, what we love to do, we find time to do. So my question to you, Adiz, is have you found your life's calling and if yes what is your life's calling yes <laughs> okay perfect so my life's calling is to help women and men realize that everything they want like all abundance and prosperity is already around them and all we need is just to open our eyes and train our minds to see it all the money we need all the resources we need it's already here and if we'll open ourselves to it we no longer need to live a life of mediocrity we don't have to settle what we need and want is already want it already wants us it's already around us mm-hmm. so looking back at your life right Right now, was there ever a magical moment that you can think about beyond which you were confident that your life was going to change? Okay, so like I mentioned, you know, we immigrated to the United States and we ran out of money. We ended up living in this roach infested apartment. I mean, and when I say roach infested, it was like thousands and thousands of creatures, right? Mm -hmm. And it was in this situation living in this apartment and having repossessed vehicles, utilities that were not always on, receiving food from a welfare system that my dad said, one day we're going to be rich. He said, one day we're going to be rich. And I said, what? I'm looking around. I'm like, (laughs) the evidence around me says that that is not so, right? And uh, so maybe you have an experience where you are like, okay, this is going to work. But wait, the collectors are calling. Or maybe you're wondering like, yeah, but you know, I have people angry with me or whatever. I don't see evidence that what I want is coming. Well, so this is what my dad told me. And Mm -hmm. he said, oh, we are on our way up. The only way it's not going to happen is if we settle for what we have around us. And so I learned from watching him to access the prosperity that is already present, right? We had the cockroaches, we had the repossessions. But what he also saw that I didn't understand at the time was we had books. He went to thrift stores and with the little money we had, he would buy some, you know, thrift store books, thrift store cassettes, went to seminars. He went and learned from people who intimidated him because they were so much more than he was. But he just knew, I know, I know that I can learn something, that I can access something in my brain that will help me get us out of this mess, out of this situation. And just to shorten the story, it did turn out. And I watched him as he created for our family 
first it was a middle class income so that we could actually buy our own clothes, right? And we could buy our own food. And um, within a few years, he had a high income and then it was in the millions. And that, how does that happen? I watched him and I watched his habits and he like super soaked his brain with things that distracted him from the cockroaches, things that pulled him towards what he wanted. And so what I learned from that is we can be our own lifestyle designers. We can choose, what is it that I want? Okay, well, let me just listen to and spend time around those things that support that. So if I don't want to live in a cockroach-infested apartment, I would not do research on how to raise cockroaches or how to kill cockroaches, (laughs) right? I would be researching the neighborhoods I want to live in, the type of foods I want to eat, the type of stores I would like to be able to visit. What characteristics as a person do I need to develop in order to be a good steward of those types of clothes or homes or food or money? I would develop my personality. Like, am I going to be an ethical person? I want to be in tune with my values. Am I going to, you know, we can put things on our vision board of the external things we want, but I also want, and I encourage to put on our vision board characteristics we want, the type of person we're becoming. So I would say is know for each of you listening, you are a lifestyle designer. You get to design the lifestyle, the quality of life that you want. I learned that. Get your eyes off the cockroaches. <laughs> Thanks a lot for sharing that powerful story. And with that, these like all things come to an end, we have come to the final round of today's show. And this round is called the Wisdom Round. This round is really exciting because it's structured like a rapid fire round. So are you ready? <laughs> All right, as best as possible. (laughs) Great. So what is the best advice that you have ever received? The best advice I have ever received, I would say that the fear that you have isn't real. It's just a story. Move forward knowing that whatever is here is not real. It's kind of like a dream that we get to create. And if you don't like the dream, then you can put in a different element and you can change how the dream goes. All right. Name a personal habit that contributes to your health and wellness personal habit. Well, I have a lot of habits, but one of them that I found most powerful is when I listen to my audio vision board, I call it a vivid life map, listening to that every morning and every night. It keeps me focused. It keeps me optimistic. It keeps me excited. And it just keeps giving me evidence that I'm a powerful creator. And um, yeah, it gives me just evidence. I see all the time things being created of things I recorded. So yeah. So these, what's your morning ritual like? My morning ritual, I have two children ages five and seven years old. So my morning ritual usually starts anywhere between 5.30 and 6.30 in the morning. 5.30 if my kids wake up way early. So I wake up and it's meditating on the things that I enjoyed of yesterday and the things that I'm looking forward to today. So I meditate on that. I read scriptures for me. I prepare my mind to receive inspiration. So I read scriptures. That's kind of what calms me. That's like taking in data. And then I journal. It's kind of like a letter to God. And I start talking in my writing. So I do some meditation, listening to what advice he has for me. I ask specific questions and he gives me the answers and I have them in written form. So my eye sees it. And then I do stretching and get my body flowing, you know, movement. I like to get blood flowing through all of my body to keep it awake. And then it's uh, spending time outside looking at sunshine. So I like to get light into my eyes as quickly as possible. And then it's, I know this sounds silly, but it's dancing. (laughs) 
I will go and um, dance into my girls' room to help them, like, wake up for the day. So I'll play music really loud um, that has good lyrics and good tempo. And I'll dance for them to get them moving. And we'll do some singing. And then from then on, it's uh, <laughs> it really is about movement. We can get our bodies and our thoughts to move. I feel like our days move so much easier. So that's a big one for me that I just teach my girls is movement. So that's, that's my morning. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks a lot. I know that you've read many books till now, but if you had to just select one, what is that one book that has made a significant impact on your life? Okay, that's an easy one because it's one that I read really recently and it's like goes on my classic list. And it's a book called Switch, How to Change When Change is Hard. Fantastic book. Basically, because it's first off, it's one of those books that's easy to read because it's fun. It has stories. It keeps you pulling you through the book, but it shows you the different ways that you can access your brain so that you can do hard things. You can create change in your community, in your habits, in your lifestyle, and how you can create change in um, just the thoughts of people around you by little things. If you just know how human tendency is, how to talk to them at the emotional level and the logical level and bring it together so that change happens quickly. I love that book. Awesome. So action takers for the show notes page, head on over to my7chakras.com slash 88 and you will have access to the links, insights shared during this episode. And action takers, we want to influence a million lives over the next five years. So if you like this episode, share it over on Facebook or Twitter or email someone this episode link and I will be happy. <laughs> Once again, the link is my com slash 88. Adiz, it was an absolute pleasure having you on our show today. Be before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and then tell us the best way we can find you. I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for the challenges that I face in it. It reveals to me more and more how powerful I am and how powerful just the human is. So I'm grateful for my challenges in my life. And then um, you asked how to find me. Yep. You can go to newmoneymama.com forward slash chakras. It's newmoneymama, N-E-W. M-O-N-E-Y-M-A-M-A.com forward slash chakras. And I will give your listeners there a free guide. Three money mistakes made by every woman and the three simple ways to adjust for abundance. Awesome. So thanks a lot for sharing and putting together that uh, free resource for our listeners. I'm sure that they would love it and also take action. Once again, the link is newmoneymama.com slash chakras. And we'll have that link up in the show notes as well. So Adiz, thank you so much for coming on our show today, inspiring us about attracting abundance into our lives and taking us one leap closer to a human revolution. Oh yeah, what a pleasure. Thank you so much, AJ. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired and take action. Transform your life today.